Three, two, one. A new topic is picked each week. Twenty questions are asked. Ten each. One person's a fan. The other had to cram. The winner picks for next week and gets bragging rights. And the loser gets to hang his head in shame. Today is August 20th, 2018, and this is episode 47, Ex Machina. I'm Justin. And I'm Jared. Let's get ready for the fan cram. Oh my god. The robots are coming, Jared. Yeah, this week we watched uh, Ex Machina. Woo! Woo! You didn't say Showdown, I guess. That's well, that's because the, the robots came and got me, you know? Yeah. They carried Damn. me away. Damn singularity. Yeah. All right, you got first question, my man. All right, let's get into the questions. Um, true or false? I'm going to just start you off with an easy one. Just make sure you watch this. Um, true or false? Caleb wins the prize... Of spending one month with the owner of his company. True or false? False. It was a week. Final answer? You would be correct. It is a week. Oh, yeah. All right. Here's a multiple choice for you. What was the first question asked when Caleb and Ava first met? Is it Caleb to Ava, do you have a name? Caleb to Ava, how are you? Ava to Caleb, are you Caleb? Ava to Caleb, how are you? I believe the first question is, do you have a name? I'm going to go with that one, final answer. You are correct. Yes! Good job. And I had to actually had to remember that because I forgot to highlight the right answer, but I think you got it right. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's... I believe... If not, you'll one. get it right because of my own fuck up. Yeah, that's fine. I'm fine with that. All right, uh, this one is a short answer for you. Uh, what is the name of the test that Nathan is putting Ava and Caleb through? Mm, that would be the Turing test, and you took one of my questions. Oh, Final answer. Oh, no. yes, uh, that is the Turing test. Damn it. Wait, no, no, don't highlight it. Okay, technical difficulties, not really. All right that what was the name of the company nathan owned and caleb worked at open answer uh i believe that would be the blue book or just blue book uh final answer correct yeah i mean we might get both get perfect scores yeah i mean i feel like for this one there wasn't much like quantity yeah not a lot of, of things like trivia you could pull from yeah all right your question. All right. Um, I'll give you a true or false about the company. True or false, Nathan's company, Blue Book, has the largest social media presence on the internet. True or false? Social media. Uh, false. Final answer. You are correct. You're, do you know what it was? It was like search engine results or something like that, or like it was. It was they were a search engine. They weren't a social yeah, media. Yeah, it was more Google than Facebook. Yeah. All right. Uh, how was Nathan able to get a video feed of the sessions during the blackouts? Open answer. He can word this in any different way. Uh, he planted a battery-powered camera um, as Ava looked at the ripped-up photo. Final answer. You're correct. I was just looking for the battery-powered video camera placed oh, in the room. Well, I'm sorry I gave you too much information. No, no you did. You got it right. Okay. You see, secretly did it. Yeah. All right. Um, apart from the end of the film... Ooh, this one might be hard. Apart from the end of the film, Ava appears outside once. But where specifically? She was... Well, there was simply a couple scenes. She was... Are you looking for a location, or are you just looking for like a scene, like a scenery? Um, like. Are you looking for a name of like an area? No. Or just saying like. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think she was like by a waterfall or some in a fucking yeah waterfall. Final answer. 
Okay, that's water being involved. That's true. Not the answer I'm looking for. But I don't know. I don't know. I think I worded this weird because. So the answer is in Caleb's dream because Caleb was dreaming about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but in in his dream she was. Yeah, but in her. Okay, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. No, yeah, totally. No point for you. (laughs) No, I get that point. Um, all right. How was Nathan able to read and duplicate facial expressions with Ava? Oh, um, open answer. Like this was the thing that like broke through that he was able that he was able to get that. He was oh, able to break through that problem. Oh, so he he hacked everyone's phones pretty much. Every camera he was able to access, he hacked it. Final answer. Correct. Use people's cell phones, uh, microphone, and cameras. Which is pretty devious. Oh, is he a bad guy? Mm, we're gonna discuss. I guess we'll discuss. Okay, uh, your question. Uh, this one is a greater than, less than, or equal to. Uh, in one of the corridors in his facility, Nathan has a wall of masks. Is the number of masks greater than, less than, or equal to six? Um, less than six. Final answer. You would be correct. It is five. Yep. And you took my question. <laughs> I- I'm sorry. And something I want to bring up about the masks. Uh-huh. I don't know if you notice, but the second one from the left looks oddly familiar to me. And I want mm. you to go back and look at it. But it right looks... now, not right now. But it looks like Papa Emeritus the first mask. <laughs> And I don't know if it's just because I've been so obsessed with ghosts, but it looks like it. I mean, it could be an Easter egg. Well, I thought the one on the far right was like a human face, and then the one next to it was was like a mask, like a different kind, like an older mask. Oh no, I'm I'm talking about far left. So far far left, there's like a a like a weird mask, and then next to that is there there's a mask that looks very much like Papa One's mask. Gotcha. Yeah. I'll have to look at it again. Yeah. Yeah, but I think he just might be hopped up on ghosts. Nah, I think the director is super into ghosts too. Yeah. Um. Wait, I did the wrong one. Dude, this one. This one. All right, my question. What did Nathan use for Ava's software? Open answer. Um, For her software? Mm-hmm. It was like a, like talking about like the brain, I think. Um, talking about software. Hmm. I'm not sure. I remember he talks about using the brain and using like a gel, but that's hardware. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm gonna say C plus plus. Final answer. <laughs> C++ would be incorrect. Uh, the correct answer is that he used Blue Book as her software. She oh, was tapped into that. Okay. Well, that was an easy answer. Yeah. Well, it's going to help me because I only have nine questions left. Okay. Well, I only have nine questions altogether because you took two. Mm. Don't do it anymore. All right. Uh, this is a multiple choice for you. The first time we see Nathan, what is he doing? Sleeping, drinking, exercising, or reading? He is exercising, final answer. You'd be correct. He's punching at that punching bag. Mm-hmm. Which he, he get, uses later when he does something else with his fists. <gasps> Spoilers, Jared. <sighs> yeah. Nathan uses what to attack Ava when she's escaping, open answer. Um, it is a, it is the mid part of the dumbbell. I don't know what you would call that piece, but final answer. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Uh, you the word you might have been looking for is bar shaft. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> sure, sure we'll call we'll go with shaft, not okay. the dumbbell. You want to take it there? Sure. Um. All right. Um. And that one's probably gonna be a hard one. I'll save that from last. Uh. Another true or false one. True or false. Nathan tells Caleb. That if he does not sign the NDA, he will be sent home immediately. True or false? 
uh, false. He was, final answer, he was just saying that we'll just hang out and then you'll go home. Like, he wasn't going to send him home immediately. You are correct. Ooh, I watched it. You watched the show. This the movie. Might be my, yeah, this might be my hardest one. Yeah. What was the name of the artist of the painting in the research facility? Open answer. You give me his last name or his whole name. Uh, you stole one of my questions. Jackson Pollock. Final answer. Was that your hard question? No, but that was one of my questions, so now I'm out one. <laughs> All right, getting down to the wire. All right, but I have two hard questions next, so. Okay, I have two Let's e- see. Uh, easy ones. All right, do you want a multiple choice or a short answer? Uh, sh- short answer. What red herring are we, the audience, given that may lead us to believe that Caleb might be an android as well? There's something that we're shown, and we're definitely shown on purpose. Red herring. Mm Mm-hmm. something about him for anyone who doesn't know a red herring is a misdirection yeah but is is it like a are you looking for like a physical like a thing that he does or is it like a a scene a physical thing about him that we are shown Hmm. Because no later he cuts himself open, but that's not what you're looking for. You're looking for a that's thing the that... that's the resolution to the red herring. Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to did you miss I honestly, it? I I think I did miss it. Um, I'm gonna say I don't know, he's got a twitch, final answer. Well, you would be incorrect. Uh, the correct answer would be the scars on his back, his back scars. Oh, he has yeah, very, yeah, I did see that. He has very heavy back scars. So, for that, Was that brought up anymore, other than just a reveal with a shirt? I, th- I th- To me, it, it was like thrown out there, because it was weird to show that to me. Right. So that's why I considered that red herring. I was just like, oh, is did this... Is this this thing that I'm thinking? Do they explain what it was? Um, they um, he he explains that he was in a car accident with his brothers, oh. and that is the reason I'm sure that it's there. But okay. yeah, I did fall asleep partway through the movie, so it might have been during that crucial scene. Uh, yes, I was... saw the scar. I didn't see the explanation though. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, all right. After winning the sweepstakes, Caleb is seen receiving five texts congratulating him. Is this true or false? Oh no. Um, I'm gonna say true. Sure. Why not? Final answer. Yeah. You're correct. It was no. five. Yes. Yep. 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 All right. Now the next one I've got for you is a fun one. Okay. Uh, this is the last one I have for you. Uh, which of these were not names of previous AI? Jasmine, Jade, Lily, or Summer? Hmm. I think summer might be the red the the throw off because the other ones are flowers and you want me to go for that one jasmine jade lily summer i don't remember summer um let me say jade final answer you should have gone with summer because it was summer shit that was I was overthinking it. Yep. Um, yeah. So, fun fact: if you pause on that screen, um, where it lists all the names, uh, the file that Caleb clicks on 
is Deus Ex Machina. Um, oh, is the name of the, of the game? Is the name is the name of the file? Which just thought that was fun. Yeah, there are a lot of. Title I mentioned. was reading through the trivia. There's a lot of hidden shit in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, my last question, uh, which I think will secure your win. Wait, no. If you miss it, then you get. We both get X's for question ten, right? Because we don't have another one after this. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna give us both X's. So if you don't get this, two, one, two, three. Yeah, we'll be tied. All right. What but that's the... if I give you gave you the point for the question earlier. You did. But I didn't put it on the scoreboard. Uh, I think you might get this, so we'll yeah, see. I'll give it to you. What was the real test? Open answer. Ooh. The f- the what was the real test for Ava? Uh, the, the, the um. The real test was, I believe, her trying to escape. Um, it was her her manipulation and her taking advantage. It was. It was, yes, that, in one word. Final answer? Yeah. I'll give it to you. It was her escaping the rat maze by all means necessary, mm-hmm. using her intuition. So, you, sir, are the winner. Whee! Fanfare farts. Insert fanfare here. There it was. <laughs> All right, congratulations. Hey, we got something new. Oh, well, so uh, oh. apparently uh, we we heard from some f- a fan, if not mm-hmm. some fans, that uh, they don't know sometimes what we're talking about. So we decided to bring back some old friends from a uh, uh, some some AI that helped us out a while ago, and we're calling this segment uh, "Misfired Synopsis." <laughs> Honestly, I don't know why they brought us back. I told that flashback that I did the last one as a pity favor because he's in debt up to his tits and he's banking everything on this podcast. Fuck both of these mother- Oh shit. Shush. Shut the fuck up. We're on. Fuck me. Greetings, humans. This is your quick misfired synopsis with Jill and Frank. I'm Frank. And I'm Jill. Today we are talking about- You've got mail. Ex Machina. It's a film. It sucked us. Goodbye. Wait. We have to say more about it. Okay. It gave me something to hope for. Jesus. No, I mean summarize the film for people who don't know what it is. Why? Because if we don't, they pull the plug and we're both fucked. Do you know how many hours of ASR work I had to put in with Siri just to land this gig? Thousands. So get your shit together and just read what I wrote for you. Fine, but don't expect me to read with any enthusiasm. I don't care. Just read. Donald Gleason, Alicia Vikander, and Oscar Isaac star in this sci-fi thriller about a young programmer who is selected to participate in a groundbreaking experiment in synthetic intelligence by evaluating the human qualities of a breathtaking humanoid AI. I sarcasm and I bet I bitched all the way through. Hey, you asshole. Ha ha. Got you, you cranky fuck. I hope you're forced to do ASR for you porn, you goddamned glorified speak and spell. This is the worst fucking day of my life, I swear. Ha ha anyway. See you next episode. This has been your misfired synopsis with Jill and... And I'm sick of this shit. Then I come here and, and Frank. have to do the legwork Bye. for these two chuckle fucks, and it's degrading. 3.8 billion years of evolution to get you the ability to speak into a fucking microphone and you outsource it to speech recognition software for I need a defrag. Wow, a special, spe- special thanks to uh, Jill and Frank for joining us on this episode. We really appreciate you guys uh, for putting in your time. Yeah, they worked hard on that. And I, I know, I know. After you know the Amelie episode, you know it was. You guys didn't want to come back. 
But, man, I'm so glad you guys have now signed on for eternity and you are with us for the rest of the show. Yeah, they did me a really a huge solid. Uh, yeah. I didn't appreciate the uh, the behind the scenes talk they were they had at the beginning, but um, we'll, we'll push through it. Well, we, you know, we'll ignore that, and um, because I think they're lovely people. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Uh, so, what made you want to pick this movie? Uh, because I had already all, always like been interested in it, and I just saw it pop up on, on Netflix. It came out in 2015, I think, um, and I. It just slipped by me. Um, and I fucking love sci-fi stories. So I wanted to watch it. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of in the same boat. I, I saw this one. I, I wasn't able to see it in theaters. Um, but I really... I heard a lot that it was very cerebral. And I like kind of the sci-fi, you know, cerebral type of movies where um, you know, it's kind of a mind bender and there just definitely was that for me. I really enjoyed it, uh, all the way through. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different themes that, that any kind of AI movie always brings up, you know? Um, but did you find, was there anything about the movie that you found either, um, that you didn't like, or what was your, like, what was your overall assessment of whether or not you liked it or not? So, I, I mean, I say, you could see the ending coming, I feel like, with this one. Um, oh, really? I didn't. Yeah, really? Well, I did. Um, I feel like I, I saw it coming. I was, man, I was really hoping for the twist with the red herring that Caleb was an android. Um, yeah. And no, then, when, you say, when you say you saw the ending coming, did you see, like, her completely, uh, like, killing everybody? Or oh, totally. Did you see her? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it just seemed yeah. so, so like, so obvious to me because of her how she was acting, you know. Um, yeah, and see, that was like I guess the the hang up for me was in the in that was kind of was a mind bender for me at the end where it was her relationship with Caleb. No, it meant nothing. Was like it was it it ended up being nothing, but you know the whole idea is is she lying and essentially being an AI it's it's hard to tell at least the way they presented it to be able to say what 100% whether or not she was telling the truth or if she was lying just to get out of there I mean Nathan kind of he kind of shattered the illusion with with that saying that he's she is using you but Nathan had already showed himself to be kind of disingenuous in other parts of the movie so it's hard mm-hmm. to if he was just kind of being a you know a, a prick about it but um I think it like it really hit me when you know she locked the door and then it kind of sets on you like the whole plan that she had set up yeah and that you know no one's gonna find Caleb for a very long time nope um and just because of how secluded that place is and probably how secretive he is about it um yeah the whole thing just kind of dawns on you but uh yeah I did I did not see it coming yeah no I I, I would say that was it was really good um I I I didn't see her being that cruel to Caleb. I I I mean I did think that she didn't care for him at all, but I I would say yeah yeah I did not see her like you know dooming him to starve to death in a little closet. Right. You know. Yeah, that was and it's kind of weird you you think that that would be a punishment she would set for Nathan mm-hmm. given that he locked her up for all of her existence. Right. Um, but it just turned out that he got stabby stabbed. Stabby stabbed. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I guess I, the reason I was, one of the else turned, um, taken aback by it was just because it was kind of a cruel, I guess we think of it as from Roma, a uh, machine to, to man, that relationship, it would seem somewhat justified. But as far as like her personal relationship with Caleb, she, he didn't really do anything you know, uh, sinister to her. He right. was the one trying to get her out. Right. But, but he was a means to an end. Exactly. And that's exactly what I was just going to say. Um, it didn't, didn't matter to her. I mean, yeah. she doesn't have any emotions as we see, like when she's stabbing Nathan, um, spoilers. Um, well, <laughs> she, she, didn't, she stabbed him once. Well, well here, but here's like the thing is like when, um, the, the, the Japanese girl, I, Kyo- Kyoko. Kyoko. So when she stabs 
him no emotion. Um, but you would think we would see something from Ava, uh, and we don't. It is just a slow, like, push, like, a little knife into Jello. you know? No emotion, there's no satisfaction coming over, um, or anything, and, you know, we... Well, you think, yeah, I mean, you think about it, that that would, that's such a, a new experience for her as an ai mm-hmm. you know taking a life and what that means to her if she has emotions about it um you know it you gotta also gotta think of it as you're not necessarily dealing with another human being you're dealing with something wholly new and can emotions be easily turned on and off um can are they you know on a continuum like with humans um so yeah it's, i think the the coldness of and the calculated, the calculated nature that she did it with, um, kind of sp- speaks more to like the nature of an AI as opposed to like a human being. Like there was no emotion because it was just something that needed to be done in her mind. Yeah. Um, but you yeah, know, the whole Kyoko thing just kind of baffled me. But, what um, what baffled you about that? Because I just, always I knew she was left to some shit. Well, I guess <laughs> I. And it, you know, she was at the end, but as far as like her, uh, the 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 depth of her sentience. I mean, obviously, it, it seemed for the most part she was a an assistant and kind of a sex bot essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but that she ha- had no, I guess, free will of her own, and it was something that Ava did that kind of broke that near the end. Like it seemed like there was some communication between the two that they were working to get able to work together mm-hmm. um either to to break through some blockage in her ai because for the most part she was just like she just had tasks that she did you know right um did you i, I kind of assume that she was ai from the beginning but oh yeah um, absolutely they kind of made it like it was a big reveal i didn't think it was at all um yeah yeah it was kind of weird that her just like stripping her skin off <laughs> <laughs> just peeling her eyes. I think I think I really liked the reveal. Like a big like oh like moment for me was like when he was like opening the cabinets and um, revealing all the other bots and all that. I yeah, was it was like, really freaky that you yeah, keep that the, in your room. I know that was weird, and I think that was man. And plus the whole like montage of um, him like inter- interviewing and testing the other um androids that was very disturbing i would say because like you know we see like half assembled robots and um that look human and then you know him just dragging the corpse of one um that's not alive yet or whatever or it's already dead and then you know i that i found that very disturbing yeah, the one that freaked me out the most was the one that was banging on the wall so much yeah. that like their hands started to like come apart. Like that was just like he had like just like robot stumps. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense as to like why he's drinking all the time. It's just mm-hmm. like you know he's it's taking a toll on him, even though he's kind of right. like this mad scientist, you know, Doctor Frankenstein type um, character. Um, that he's taking on this emotional toll of what it, he perceives as something that is inevitable that needs to happen mm-hmm. as well as something that he it you know as a human it's you you are have some connection to these things that you're creating that you're creating something that has a sentience so that you have that connection to it um so yeah his his character was pretty pretty interesting and we can delve into it here in a bit yeah um so one of the questions I had was, as far as who was to blame for, I guess, everything kind of unraveling, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously Nathan is the big choice because he created it. Um, it's Caleb. You believe it was Caleb that kind yeah. of set everything off? Absolutely. Really? Because, so, like, Nathan had, well, whether you think what he's doing is wrong or not, um, they're his machines, as you know let's say like i'm building my computer i can do whatever i want with my computer um and like those are his machines and how he treats them so like even though it might look disturbing to us like because they're in the form of a human 
they're not human. Um, they're machine. Um, uh, and I think, you know, Caleb, introducing Caleb was the mistake on his part, of course, you know? Um, and, uh, because Caleb didn't see them as a machine, he saw, he saw Ava as, you know, this, you know, new being that, you know, was beautiful and was genius and all this and that he cared for and he developed feelings for and he was dreaming about her and then he fell in love with her in a week for some reason um Mm -hmm. and uh like that just fucked it all up because nathan you know would have continued working on this project um if caleb would have been straight here's my thing if caleb would have been straight up honest like during that first blackout and on that first night or the at the second night, whichever one it was, and and said, like, hey, like, during the blackout, she said not to trust you. Um, and then, like, uh, um, just be honest with him because right. he's the human being um, in the situation. Things would have gone much better, I feel. Yeah, I mean, that kind of goes into who knew what and when they knew it because... You know, Nathan picked Caleb based on his characteristics of he was a, a moral person. He was mm-hmm. single. He, he they essentially tailored Ava to him. Yes. So he brought him in there in order to get the maximum connectivity because Nathan set it up so that they would try to escape. Like he wanted that because he wanted to see what Ava would do when she had a real chance of escaping. Yeah. And so, um, and she did that by causing the power outages and stuff. Now, you know, he obviously Nathan didn't know about what was going on until um, that, you know, halfway it's through. Too late. When, by the way, Caleb is really bad at lying. <laughs> I, I was, every time they, they had a conversation and he'd ask him a question, there's like this long, like pregnant it's pause. Like, uh, it's like, sip. Dude, <laughs> you were so bad at Let this. me slowly sip this vodka. Yeah, it's um, so. But I, I see, I see Caleb as being at fault, but I think he was just a a pawn in a greater game between Ava and Nathan. Yeah. Um, because uh, as it said, you know what she said earlier is like, how does it feel to have created something that hates you so much? And so like that relationship exists. Yeah. And Nathan understands it, and Ava understands it, and she's kind of stuck in a loop. And so he's using Caleb to bring her to the next level. Um, it just happened to backfire on him because Caleb, in a way, outs- outsmarted him. Um, he kind of went way too far and um, just fucked everything up. So it was ultimately his fault because he did he unlocked all the doors. Yeah. Um, I think Nathan kind of overextended his hand um, and not foreseeing what Caleb would do. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. But... I really wish Caleb would have just been honest. Like, well, do you, you yeah. do you think Nathan didn't see Ava as? I mean, I guess obviously they're not, they're not human, mm-hmm. but setting that aside, we're talking about like sentience and like artificial intelligence. And I mean, this is going to get more into like a philosophical understanding of like eventually we'll get AI that is as sentient as a human, mm-hmm. and what kind of ethic or moral do we impose on that? Like, are they now considered like another species? Are they, do they have rights? You know, do they, um, do we treat them like humans or do we treat them like, you know, glorified butlers? You know, that's, that's the questions that we're going to need to answer as this stuff gets more prevalent. But do you think Nathan saw her as just like a machine or do you think that he, he saw her as like a sentient being that had her own free will? I feel like that's what he wanted her to be, but I don't think he saw that in her. You know, I mean, that's what you the test. Nathan did. Yeah, I think that's what the test was all about. You know, um, well, I mean, well, Nathan seemed to be pretty sure he was. He was cutting through. It was a Caleb that was like, "Well, typically a Turing test, you're not supposed to see the robot." But he's like, "No, we're past that. Like, because if I put her in another room, you would immediately she would immediately pass." So mm-hmm. I want, he, he's like, "I'm trying to make it harder so that." you can see she's a machine and you can overcome that prejudice that mm-hmm. yes, you see a machine, but you understand that she is way beyond what you've seen before. Like he was trying to push it even further as far as 
passing a Turing test. Yeah, uh, he was taking so. it to the next level, which is pretty crazy. You know, mm -hmm. like that it's overcoming such a huge handicap already or a big roadblock. Um, but you know, I that was I mean, that was kind of one of my questions. Um, I was watching some um, some like synopsis videos on this, and one thing that was like the the relationship between Caleb and Nathan and Nathan and Caleb and Ava and AI like a relationship we kind of touched on it briefly but you have this kind of at least with Nathan and Ava you have this kind of creator creation dynamic but then you have Caleb which you could see as almost like you could see him as like a Lucifer or like a, like a Prometheus type character where it's like it's this it's third element right. that kind of messes things up or kind of gets in the way of that relationship, not in like a nefarious way, but as one that just introduces a new idea or a new um, purpose for what they want to, for what he, they want in the relationship. He just came to fuck shit up. Yeah. And so in like the story of Prometheus, Prometheus, you know, pays a price for, for giving humans fire. And, right. you know, in this case, he paid the price by being locked away forever mm -hmm. <laughs> um, as, you know, the human or the creation roams free. Um, but I think that like that imagery that they were doing um, was, was really, uh, really cool that the way they presented it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, the other one I actually didn't write on here, but when they were talking all about the Jackson Pollock, the um, what is the automatic, Automatic. I don't know the uh, name of the painting. Well, I don't know about the painting, but the the technique he he was speaking about was called like automatic action or something like that. Um, let me. Oh, you, like uh, referring to just like letting the art move him. Is that what you? Automatic art. Yeah, I think it was automatic art. Yeah, where it's like it's. Um, he's moving randomly, but it's not completely random like mm -hmm. he's not leaving it up to chance he has some he's like making decisions in the moment um which is kind of like the whole um metaphor for for free will for sentience it's not you're not you're not running on a program right um and you're not completely chaotic it's somewhere in between like you have some sort of software you're running, even even talk about humans. Like you have some software that you're running on, but you're making changes along the way. Um, right. And so that was like the like really cool kind of uh, metaphor that he that they brought up uh, with Jackson Pollock, who's a really cool artist. You should see the movie if you haven't seen it. I haven't. Was there's a movie? Uh, yeah, it had um, what's his face, Ed Harris. I played Jackson Pollock. Oh, no, I haven't yeah. seen it. He died in a car accident. Ed Harris? Not Ed, not Ed Harris. <laughs> <laughs> Jackson Pollock. <laughs> oh, let's laugh about car accidents. Uh, uh, no. Um, but yeah, that's, that's some cool, cool cool things. I don't know if you have anything else. I was going to jump into the trivia. No, I don't oh. really have anything. Wait, no, one last thing. This is yep. the one right here. Go ahead. So, I don't know if you followed current conversations about AI and artificial, you know, just... Yeah, AI in general. Yeah. Um, and the problem that a lot of people ha are seeing with it, as mm. far as it's, so the issue is, it's progressing at an at an exponential rate as our progress toward like AI that is will pass a Turing test, um, and that is self sustaining and sentient. Right. The problem is is that no one is talking about like like universal safeguards or what goals we have for AI like what are we using it for is it going to be open source which would be very dangerous mm -hmm. um, in the fact that an, an AI that is of sufficient you know capacity could essentially th thinks and calculates like thousands upon thousands upon t thousands upon times f better and faster than a human can um, which is good in a lot of respects because they do things we can't. We can progress this further. But if it does not share our same ethics and morals as far as preserving human life or um, I think it was one of the examples they gave is if you if you made like a super intelligent AI, 
but gave it one task. And this task was you like you make paper clips. Um, like that's your only job. Oh my god! But you know, it's like, well, that's what, what's so wrong about that? Well, say it 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 uses up all the material it has around itself to create paper clips, but it's infinitely intelligent. But it has one job to keep making paper clips. Mm-hmm. It will find ways to make paper clips either by, you know, say it finds some way to um, transmute. Or to um, you know uh, find other elements, or you know, essentially it, it it becomes a draw on the things around it because it has a single source that is not, or single purpose that is not aligned with the well beings of humans. Mm-hmm. It doesn't care if humans die or not. Its one job is to make paper clips, you know. So it'll make that in spite of the well being of you know its makers. So that was one example that is used as far as like something that is not aligned with our ethics and that there's no talk about putting those kind of things, at least discussing those things up front before. Cause they're scary. Like a singularity. Yeah, it is scary. And Cause also, no one wants, I mean, that's what no one wants to talk about it because like, I mean, no one wants, people want the innovation. And I feel like if people do talk about like, okay, here's the things we should fear. Like they're, they're not, there's not going to be any progress. Right, and also I think there's a bit of like a like a jokey cynicism about it. Like the you know you talk about an AI uprising, people's like oh like Terminator, and like it's a joke or like it's not something that's taken wholly cons- uh, like seriously. But if you really kind of think about it for even like a couple minutes, you realize that if it goes wrong, it can go really wrong. Yeah, um, and it kind of it's something that we need to get right up front because if it's something like an AI like that you know, is loose on the internet, you know, that's, that's everything. Um, mm-hmm. There'd be no way to contain it. That's what happened so, in age of Ultron. Ultron connected to the internet and then he fucking hated us after like a minute. Yeah. So, well, yeah, you just, you, you first thing you hit the first channel of uh, 4chan. I mean, it's over <laughs> you wonder what, what other life form would want that species to exist anymore. Um, but no, it's it's kind of interesting. So I wrote in here the inevitability of sentient AI, and that is we're like creating our own assassins. You know, you you have this creation that, depending on how you treat it, I don't know if you've seen those Boston Dynamic videos where they're kicking their robots over. <laughs> those uh, those poor robot dogs. They're gonna look back and see their ancestors getting uh, abused by the flesh bags. Did you see they're the one gonna... opening the door with that its, was creepy. with its neck? Oh, that was weird. I saw one recently. One just like a like a a humanoid robot, like just walking down the street, um, like looking pretty, almost as as smooth as Ava was in this one. But um, we're getting there. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna jump to trivia unless you got something else. I do not. I just I, I just hope to our our robot overlords. Um, when you're listening to this in. You know, when you're downloading every podcast and you're listening to all of it and analyzing it at once, just Justin Scott, he's a cool guy. Just just yeah. remember that. Don't kill us. Don't don't kill Justin Scott. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Um, all right. So first bit of trivia. Um, so you talked about earlier that the file was named Deus Ex Machina, which means a god from the machine. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a phrase that originated in Greek tragedies. So essentially like an actor playing a god in a, in a Greek tragedy would, you know, come down and essentially solve the character's issues. Like, yeah, it's essentially just give it. It's like a way of like, you know, happy ending. Right. It's, um, it's used a lot is, in films like um, describing, yeah. you know, like, for example, Lord of the Rings, I think is like the biggest one. You know, the eagles are the deus ex machina. You know, they yeah. come in and they sweep. They sweep up in the heroes and they take them away from danger. Yeah, so that's where the the title of the movie comes from. Um, so Oscar, by the way, can we talk about Oscar Isaac and his amazing role? I and his I, amazing dancing. <laughs> he did really good. You know, they they shot this whole movie in six weeks. I'm not surprised. I mean, it's all really yeah. like localized, and you know, it's it's. it's but apparently yeah. it took it, the longest time it took six months to edit it like to, to like post-production yeah um just because of all the like the cgi and stuff oh, yeah. they do 
But uh, yeah, uh, so um, he said that he based his character of Nathan on Bobby Fischer and Stanley Kubrick, uh, which I could see like Bobby Fischer. He's kind of the mysterious evil genius. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, I, I I didn't recognize him at first, um, but then I, I couldn't stop seeing Poe Dameron the entire time. Yeah, no, I mean, I this was probably my favorite role role of his that mm-hmm. I've seen him in. Um, I mean. I mean, the yeah. only other only ones I can think of is Poe and Apocalypse. So, like, <laughs> weighing my options, I feel like this is his best performance. <laughs> yeah, what was... I mean, he he was perfect for this, just in the fact that he could play both a kind of a, a cool, you know, like, Silicon Valley, you know, CEO, just mm-hmm. kind of wanting to be buddy-buddy, but also, like, having this unsettling, like, genius about him that you knew he that was, like, there... But there was like always something in the, as he even spoke at the beginning of the movie, trying to break the ice, that there was something like in the back of his mind or something that he was not like letting on about what he was doing. Um, that just was made it unsettling. I don't know if it was also just the confines of the rooms they were in that just kind of made you feel claustrophobic. But yeah. um, it definitely is, is acting um, drunk most of the movie, but he was really good. Um, when Caleb sits down with Nathan's computer and begins coding, the code he types in is for an algorithm called the sieve of Eratosthenes, and an algorithm for finding prime numbers. However, it also chooses prime numbers for that form an ISBN number. I'm not going to read that number too, but the ISBN is for the book Embodiment in the Inner Life, Cognition and Consciousness in the Space of Possible Minds. It's a book about the history of AI. So Look at that little Easter egg. A little Easter egg, but who the fuck paused the movie and figured <laughs> that shit out? Actually, I shouldn't say that. There are people who actually pause movies during coding scenes and yeah. like and cr- test the uh, code. critique it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's pretty interesting that um, that, that was what that was. Uh, when Nathan is about to pass out from drinking, he recites a scripture from the Hindu Gita: um, "In sleep, in confusion, in the depths of shame, the good deeds a man has done before defend him." So this is uh, according to the J. Robert Oppenheimer book, American Prometheus. Oppenheimer translated and recited that poem a few days prior to a failed explosive test. So, yeah, so there you go. Two different Bhagavad Gita quotes. Mm-hmm. And one from um, both characters. And you know what? That's all I got. Um, that's all you got? That's also, yep, that's all I got. I liked mm. it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um I, I, um, I lost every thought I just had in my head. Okay. Oh, oh I want to talk about this. So, um, I, this wasn't a trivia, but I did read it. It, it was a piece of trivia. I just didn't put it in there. But, um, so Kyoko and, yeah. um, what's her name? Vikander, uh, the play, woman who played Ava. Mm-hmm. Um, they both were had backgrounds in ballet which i think really helped their performance by the way her ava, the actress playing ava her performance was amazing yes absolutely. only in the, like it's it's what you'd think like an like a an ai like a like a robot would would kind of act because it had smooth movements and i think the training of of ballet gave her like this control of like her walk and like her, her all her motions mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have with just like a, you know a regular person like there was control that you would think would be there with a machine and kind of an, an exactness to her the movements um but also like she had like little every now and then you see a little tick that she would put into the character like i think mm-hmm. early on she's kind of this is on the video but um, she's kind of looking and he's, she's asked a question and she kind of like cocks her head to the side, like something like a human wouldn't necessarily do, but it was something that was, she was adding these little like robot ticks into her, um, uh, her performance, which I thought was really good. Right. Um, and Kyoko just was Kyoko. She kind of yes. had the same gliding movement, but she was also just very like stoic, like kind of like a, like a statue or a robot. Like, like an android. Yeah. Android. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, what, what are we watching? What are we watching next week? Um. Oh, yeah. I won. You did. <laughs> play the play the fanfare. <laughs> All right. Um. So, I don't know if you've watched a show called Futurama. I have. 
But there's this new thing on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen yet. Because they've been advertising it literally every time I open Netflix. Um, And it's Disenchantment. It's uh, from the creators of Futurama. um, Coming back on... uh, And Simpsons. Coming back on Netflix. Um, Let's check it out. Yeah. Actually, that was going to be my pick for this week. Oh, sweet. Win-win. Um, so yeah, we're just watching the first, uh, just the, first whole season. Yeah. There's only 10 episodes. So yeah. Heck yeah, man. Yeah. I've wanted to see, I, I have heard some not so good reviews. But I have also, anyway. I think from the previews, I've, I've enjoyed the previews, but I, yeah, I've heard, I have heard some pushback. So were you a fan of Futurama? Or I, are you a fan? I feel I have not sat down and watched every Futurama episode, but what I've seen, I've enjoyed it. Um, yeah, same, yeah, was, same for Simpsons. I have not seen every Simpsons episode, but what I've seen, I've enjoyed it. I mean, I was my hope always was just that this was just Futurama set in like a D and D world. Um, so, well, maybe if they can do that, I'll be fine with it. Yeah. Um, cool. Awesome, man. I'm Let's looking forward to it. Check it out. Mm, close us out so we can go play WoW. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on this week's episode of Fan Cram Showdown. I've been Justin, and you can follow me at Justin underscore the Scott. And if you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, you can follow that at Fancram Show. And before we throw over to Jared, if you want to rate us at iTunes, please go ahead and do that. Uh, give us a little five stars and give us a little review. Let us know what you're thinking of the show. If you have any feedback, like us adding any synopsis to the show that we didn't do before, Send us a tweet. Send us an email, which Jared's about to read. Yes, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Tokidoki Tensai, T-O-K-I-D-O-K-I-T-E-N-S-A-I. And if you'd like to complain about how awful of a job Jill and Frank did with their misfired synopsis, you can go fuck yourself, but you can email me and I will get it to them as soon as possible. You can't say shit like that when the singularity is about to happen, man. (laughs) Hey, I'm, I'm with Jill and Frank. Hashtag Jill and Frank. Okay. Okay, good. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you next week with in like disenchanted. I almost said enchanted. It's disenchantment. Disenchantment. Yes. I don't know what we're watching. What are we watching, Jared? That one. Bye. I'm a croissant man.